0: Hello and welcome to the Tech in the Hood podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Flex Omar. Tech in the Hood is a storytelling podcast that explores the past, present, and future of Chicago's cultural identity through conversations about community and technology. When I came to the US as a refugee in 2000, my story began in Chicago. I built a career in tech starting on the west side, which has evolved through experience in finance, social enterprise, and the non-for-profit sector. Along the way, I've learned important lessons about diversity, access, community, and the tenacity and ingenuity of the human spirit. Each week, I reconnect with the friends and mentors who have shared this journey and spotlight new voices and innovators building the future of the Tech in the Hood. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Tech in the Hood. And today I have a special guest with me, my dear friend, Stephanie Youssef. Stephanie, how are you?
1: I'm great. Lex, how are you?
0: Good. It's so great to have you here on the show.
1: Oh, always a pleasure to see you and be with you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, tell me, how do you want to tell the world how do we know each other?
1: Uh, I don't even remember. (laughs) I mean, we've been friends for so long. Yeah.
0: we met a long time ago through a uh, mutual friend. Well, for you, it's a childhood friend, right? I My childhood be- friend. I yeah. Mean, yep, yeah. And, she, and she will be just upset if I don't mention her on the show.
1: You got to so. give her the props. She's a good networker. Yeah, absolutely. She, yeah, but she is definitely the connection. Um, I think it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, 2015 was when I moved to the city officially. Mm-hmm. So, and we kind of hit the ground running. Our yes. friendship really took off right then and there. I Absolutely. think we had a lot of common interests. So that happened.
0: Yeah. And one of them was uh, non for profits and mm-hmm. social enterprise, right? Yeah. You know, so you were there when I first started MALA, Muslim yeah. American Leadership Alliance, you know. So, but I never asked you this, you know, from your perspective, from your lens, like how did that, you know, look
1: um well it was really cool because I while it wasn't just an interest at the time Mm -hmm. you were actually doing things like you were actually being actionable about the things that you were passionate about and it was really cool to get like a first um you know a a very close-up view if you will of you taking off I mean all of that organizing the networking um you know, it, it, it's a lot. And so it was really cool. So I think being able to witness it firsthand, yeah. um, I think it had a lot to do with me eventually. And I know we'll get to it. But, you know, taking off with API and, and really kind of having that exposure in the beginning was was so important. But it was really cool. And I think that you specifically have a knack for making um, these passion projects cool and <laughs> shiny. Yeah and funky and fun and so that was also really cool you know just being able to be passionate Mm high-stakes stuff Mm -hmm. um, but having a blast
0: yeah and I appreciate that you know so I'm always thinking of more ways to do impactful work but also make it you know fun and you know and if you can do it with your friends uh why not right and we have a great group of you know friends and everyone is passionate about the same thing. So it was just, you know, natural, you know, organic. And it was an interesting time because where the internet was with social media, right? You know, you can create a cause. And, you know, if you're passionate about it, you put it out there in the world, you know, you'll find other people that are excited about it, you know. And at that time, um, when we launched Malala, we did the premiere for uh, Malala's uh, film. As you uh, recall, yeah, you know I that was a that was an incredible moment, and we d- we did a lot of film screenings, right? Yeah. You know, so um, and so then moving. right, absolutely, abs, 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 mm-hmm. absolutely, you know. So and we'll get to kind of like your journey and yeah. you know social enterprise and you know the work you know that you've done that I'm very uh, proud of, um, but. <sighs> I'm really curious about kind of like your journey first, your your background, right? So yeah. the audience, you know, know uh, your 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 background, you know, you're uh, a Syrian, not Syrian, correct. a Syrian. <laughs> I'm
1: a Syrian, <laughs> yeah. correct. Yeah, so um, a little bit about me. So yes, I'm a Syrian 100%. Um, I'm from the northwest suburbs of Chicago, Arlington Heights. Um, and uh, I've been in Chicago. I've been in the Midwest, really, kind of most of my life, and um, yeah, the Assyrian stuff really took off in 2018, and I think what started off as just a couple retweets here and there, mm-hmm. you know, a couple social media posts about things that just seemed like, you know, really um, fundamental like issues that needed to be at the forefront of what we were talking about, especially given the political landscape at that time, um, turned into... Like a, a seriously huge moving project, which was the Syrian Policy Institute, um, founded by um, one of my best friends, Rain Hannah, and and myself, and a few others. Uh, we've got a few OG still on our team, but sure, um, it really flourished. It really kind of came into fruition, and in, in a. In a way that, I mean, you know, because you've been there, mm-hmm. what first starts out as a Google Doc with some notes becomes yeah. a real website.
0: And yeah, that's an MVP, the minimum viable product. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and before you know it, you've got a Twitter page. Before you know it, you've got thousands of followers. Before you know it, you've got a blue check mark. And you're just like, how did we get here? Um, but it's people who care about the same things who so are having fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Quite frankly. Um, and so, That happened in 2018. And at the time, I was still at um, my old job. It was in um, the metal fabrication and finishing industry. Okay. So, really sexy stuff there. Yeah. Um, But that was, you know, before I really made the transition into tech. And that was in 2020. So, just a few years ago. What did you
0: major in in school?
1: In undergrad, I was a religious studies major and an Arabic minor. Yeah and ingressed. How good is
0: your Arabic? It's okay. It's, <laughs> all right. You, we're know, not, you we're, know the answer. We're to not going to. Admi- we're not going to administer a test. It's oh, all right. Oh my
1: gosh! Well, <laughs> please don't. Um, you know, but uh, good old Arabic. I loved it. Oh my gosh! Mm. I mean, you know, I love the language. I love the music. I just sure. love the culture. So had to, had to throw it in there. But um, went back to school um, a couple years ago and got my MBA. So. Yeah, all across the, sp- you know, I got a little bit of everything. And then you going. went to Iowa. And I went, yep, I got my MBA from the Tippie College of Business at University of Iowa.
0: Yeah, do you ever see yourself getting a master's in business, or what? When did you make that decision?
1: You know, I so in the beginning, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to go to business school because I've got an old immigrant father who's like, you need to, you need to do business. If yes. You, oh, so you're not being a doctor, and you're not going to be an attorney. Not so an engineer. You're going, you're going to business school, right? And it's like, actually, no, I'm going into the humanities. And they're like, come again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, my father will tell you I always knew she was going to go to business school, but sure. the truth is, no, I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really thought I was going to run with um, the, the passion project portion of me um, and, and kind of see that through. But I realized... Um, that you can kind of marry the two the 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 money hungry part of you, the part of you that wants to um, you know, make have a cool life, and then the part of you that is passionate about, you know, social enterprise, social mm-hmm. issues. Um and so yeah, the, the the short answer is no. I didn't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well then and then you got into tech, right? And working yeah. in the technology. Uh, sector right so religious studies MBA technology yeah so explain that
1: so I'm in I'm yep so I'm a tech saleswoman I'm currently at Qualtrics which is an experience management uh, platform Um, but I and I come from DocuSign and DocuSign is obviously a bit more familiar kind of kind of a household name Um, but I yeah I made my transition into sales and and sales and you know tech sales specifically and I kind of loved it oh my god I love the rush yeah I absolutely love it so yes quite the journey but I love where I'm at
0: so when you you know got hired right you know what were they looking for so let's say with uh, DocuSign so let's say there's someone that's listening right now and it's like oh well I'm interested in getting into tech, you know, so can you shed some light?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, um, they were certainly not looking for a religious studies um, major who had a background in manufacturing. Um, so yes, there's there's always a way, and um, it's really about being creative. So actually, when I was looking into roles, um, when I decided I was going to make the transition and like peak covid right Mm -hmm. peak pandemic i should say and so the tech industry was booming i mean every it was like the hot thing to do it was the hot place to be and i was adamant about getting into that party and i was going to do whatever it took and so I got a little creative. The role that I was working for at DocuSign was specific. So it was a vertical that I was Mm -hmm. working in, which was manufacturing and retail. And so I leveraged my background in manufacturing um, and really highlighted the skills that I thought would be transferable um, to a role in tech. And so um, it was really, really, I mean, I got the creative juices going when we were, when I was interviewing, to say the least, to, to just sell yourself, you know? Right.
0: So when you go back in time and you're talking about uh, the manufacturing um, industry and, you know, that was a family business, right? But yeah. what you learned, you know, early on is, you know, people skills. Those, right. You know, those...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Fundamental skills. So, yes, it was a family business, mm-hmm. uh, a, a business that is near and dear to my heart. I, I do love the place. I, I mean, I grew up there. Um but uh i sold myself on the fact that i was you know shifting over and so i I basically sold the idea that the people that i was now going to be selling to Mm -hmm. um were the people that i know better than i know anyone else these are people whose hands i've been shaking for the last six years these are people who i've got on speed dial these are i know these people um better than most people in tech know Mm. these people, right? And so it's all about knowing your buyer. Right. And um, that was the theme I really stuck with throughout the interview process. Um, I will say, you know, because I I imagine that this is kind of where you're going with this, is um, the market's pretty saturated Mm -hmm. and we have the pandemic to thank for that, right? And I think the tech industry just became, like I said, the party to be at. Um, And so it's become really saturated and so it's all about setting yourself apart and so knowing who you're competing against when you're interviewing, um, when you're applying, when you're selling yourself Mm -hmm. is key. And so I did a deep dive and I needed to know who was selling technology and how was I different from them in a way that would make me special, in a way that would make me better, um, in a way that I could capitalize on, you know, and so... It was some of the manufacturing stuff. It was a lot of the um, nonprofit stuff I did on the side. Sure. You know, um, activism I think is so important. Uh, whether as a as a side hustle or or a full time gig, I do think that if you're not an activist mm-hmm. now, take some time and think about what you're passionate about, and try to do something about it. It could be healthcare. It could be student debt. It could be social issues. It could be whatever. It could be climate change. It could be whatever. But as long as you're putting in a little bit of time and effort into that cause, I think, you know, one, it makes for a much more well-rounded person. Sure. But I think being in those spaces and working as an activist has um, helped me become a better communicator. Um, you know, developed some thick skin. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing like taking the mic for q and A Q&A with you know a bunch of people in a room who are just looking to rip you apart. Um, nothing builds thick skin like an experience like that, and and those are transferable skills that I think apply to the professional world, the tech world, whatever. So,
0: oh, absolutely. And yeah. you've also um, leveraged that for um, your work with um, the Assyrian uh, Policy Institute, right? Is that right? Um, and I saw a lot of growth, you know, during, uh, the pandemic, which was a really, you know, difficult time, you know, so I saw you moderating and, you know, putting together events, mm-hmm. you know, on, on zoom, you know, so, uh, did technology help? Oh, and yeah, at that absolutely. time,
1: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what really helped was being adaptable, mm-hmm. you know, that, right. I mean, we had events planned and person events planned and, you know. Uh, logistics in the works for all these things, deposits paid for events. And and so, and then suddenly the rug is pulled up from uh, beneath you and you've got to adjust and adapt. And so we did that. But yes, I mean, without technology as a medium, I mean, we would have never seen that growth. I think it would have been a hiatus. I think it would have stopped. Yeah. We would have, and then, and as you know, it's really hard to pick back up um, once you've sort of lost that momentum. And so we really... We really needed to pivot in a way that would keep us relevant, in a way that would keep people excited about us. Yeah. You know, we quickly realized it was a brand. Mm-hmm. And people wanted that brand. They wanted to wear it. They wanted to rock it on their laptops. And it was like, this is bit like we didn't, that, and that was never part of the plan. But it was like, we need to keep this going.
0: Sure. And where did the initial engagement come from? Was it from young people, from older people or?
1: Young people, for sure. Yeah, a little bit of, I mean, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, with activism, I'll say this and then we can shift because I, I know that the whole <laughs> point of this is not to talk about the API, although I can't talk yeah, about that's it all day. Right. Um, Activism is like a race, mm-hmm. um, a, a relay, if you will, where you run your portion and then you got to pass the baton because it is tiring work. And so those who were activists in previous lives, who had passed the baton and sort of moved on, were, lo- were like sort of coming out of retirement, if you will, and being like, wait, you guys are doing something really cool and something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Mm-hmm. Young people are easy to excite. I think the older crowd might be a little bit harder. And so seeing that was really cool where it was like, We've got people from all across yeah. you know, the, the age spectrum here and everyone's excited about us. So
0: Absolutely. I think what yeah. really fascinated the most is when COVID hit and the pandemic was there, the amount of, you know, actually older folks that I was getting on my uh, programs that all of a sudden, you know, were comfortable on Zoom and, you know, technologies yeah. that in the beginning like, oh no. No, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But they were the most excited technology because they were most at risk. Right. Absolutely. Um, So that was, so that was interesting. And it just increased, you know, the rate of adoption for new uh, uh, technologies. Right. You know, so now, yeah, let's shift a little. Um, You've been in technology now for a couple of years. Right. Mm -hmm. So what skills would you say you've gained that, you know, you didn't have before you joined yeah
1: well the sales skills I think um, you know come to mind first I think I've I've really become a stronger saleswoman mm-hmm. um, since entering this industry um, there are a lot of players in the tech sector there's a bunch of people there are people coming you know building their proprietary software platforms every day and everyone's just fighting for their piece of the land and um and as they should right and so um i think working for a product for working for products that i really believed in um was was also really cool but the skills that i think i've built that have um transferred both you know into my life personally into my you know the nonprofit work are you know, the communication skills, being able to communicate over chat is different than communicating in person, right? And so yeah. I can enunciate in person <laughs> and in and, and text. I've got to figure out how to creatively get
0: and we emotion say, across. You say chat, right, uh, using, Slack.
1: <laughs> oh, using Slack. Oh, using Slack. <laughs> Have
0: you gosh. used Slack before I, you got into the tech industry?
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, I love Slack. <laughs> um, I can't live without Slack. I, well, for...
0: The audience, if someone's not familiar with Slack, how would you define it?
1: Uh, yeah, Slack is a communications platform. Um, I think utilized primarily by, I would say, I would say probably by everybody. But um, yeah, now for at sure at this point, yeah. But yeah. You, we're, we're Slack OGs. We, oh yeah, we've been around for a while. I mean,
0: I that was one of the tools that I used to launch Mala. Yeah, you know, so 2015, Slack was in. Uh, beta and I was doing my volunteer management. Yeah, uh, I was uh, going to websites uh, such as Idealist. Uh, org and just getting in uh, students. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were even PhDs that. that were uh, working on projects. I'll just drop the assignments in the general uh, channel and put a due date, and uh-huh. whoever you know grabbed so it easy. a person was accountable mm-hmm. you know for it and then I'll create uh different channels you know yeah. so one of the channels would be a book club you know mm-hmm. so i encourage everyone to share like what they were reading and make friends you know so I'm still in touch with you know a lot of those you know young young people from back from back then but yeah. it was really it was really cool so um we had a head of uh, R and D at the time, uh, Mr. Albert Pack, oh, who's yeah. a <laughs> software, you know, developer extraordinaire. You know, now works for JetBlue. Would always reach out to me and say, "Hey, Flex, I got the new thing, you know, for you." And I've been working with Al almost uh, twenty years. I actually am still working with Al. He built the. Tech into hood website. Yeah, he, he built. He built
1: our website over at Booktel.
0: Oh, that, oh wow, remember? that. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. And I, I connected co- you guys. You did.
1: Do you remember I kept calling him AI because you, <laughs> you, you you introduced us over email, and I go, that's
0: funny. I totally forgot about that.
1: <laughs> I was like, is is it Al? Is it AI? I swear, I thought it was, anyway. Yeah, Al's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I've known him I've known him forever, but even him, like I saw his journey go from you know photographer oh, to yeah. you know graphic designer to um, front end developer to learning about backend to becoming a full stack you know developer. I yeah. mean, but he's always adding to his toolkit mm-hmm. and him and I are always like doing things and yeah. you know looking for ways to like getting to you know, hackathons, you know, that's that's how you keep your (laughs) skills, you know, sharp, you know, so I don't, I don't code, you know, anymore and all that. I'll do it, I'll do it for fun Mm -hmm. just to, just to learn a new, new language, but I learned a long time ago that that's not my strong Strong suit. suit. You know, you know my personality. I can't sit in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours. I'm a people's person. I got to get up and walk around and uh, talk, uh, talk to people, you know, but yeah. it's important for me to understand, you know, the fundamentals. And it's important for me to also review, you know, things, review code if I need to, you know. So, yeah, yeah that being, you know, uh, said, Al has just been, you know, incredible uh, human being because with all the R&D stuff that we were doing uh, with, with Mala, it got us to uh, conferences. Where uh, we were doing uh, panel discussions on um, how we can introduce diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. right, yeah. using, using technology, and then also some of our early uh, donors uh, to Mala were uh, fintech, you know, companies. And at the time, people didn't even know what you know fintech companies. Actually, sometimes now I ask people about fintech companies, and they still don't have an idea. Yeah. But you know, but everyone knows PayPal. Right. right. People know the cash app, but, right. you know, fintech. And so for me, that was a missed opportunity to a lot of young people that I was mentoring. Right. Mm-hmm. Why can't you see yourself, you know, getting into these new industries, new jobs, you know, of the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we're in this whole era of Web3 mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, you know, what is what is that? And, you know, what how do i even you know get into yeah. that and you know it's it's not easy to you know answer those those questions but the short answer is you know Take a class, you know, uh, yeah. join a hackathon, join a gr- join a group on LinkedIn, you know, lis- listen to the podcast. Obviously, listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: And so for me, I want int- to introduce, you know, the jobs of uh, the future. So I'm, right now I'm building a new uh, ed tech tool called FlexTech AI mm-hmm. uh, Academy. And um, basically people can get certified through uh, my site and learn more about, you know, how they can get, you know, skilled or upskilled for the jobs of the future. And, you know, VR, AR, mixed mix, uh, uh, reality, you know, so um, have you dabbled in VR yet? I have. Okay.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, tell, tell me about that. So um, we had a VR experience at our last conference. Oh, okay. Um. And it was wild. I mean, I it is, it is so realistic. Um. So the, uh, and I, I wish I could remember the name. Did you use a device? Yes. Okay. Um. That put it together, but mm-hmm. um. Essentially, they had created this virtual experience of. Um, what was happening in the sinjar region of iraq um Mm. you know what the Yazidis were sort of facing it was heartbreaking to say the least but uh i'll never forget i mean i I mean i I like took the vr glasses off and i had to like wipe off the tears because it was so moving it was so real yeah Um, so you
0: felt like you were almost there
1: absolutely yeah. i couldn't i couldn't take another step because i thought i was going to fall off like you know yeah. the ledge that i was standing on and um, but and it was so so incredible but it is so wild it is still mind boggling that we're able to create an experience like that yeah the fact that we have the technology to make to make it feel to make you feel like you are somewhere completely different genuinely make you feel like you were somewhere completely different by putting on a set of goggles. Insane.
0: Absolutely. And for me, I'm always big on, you know, bringing people together, right? You know, uh, people from different, you know, cultures and backgrounds. And that goes back to, you know, my childhood in Abu Dhabi and Mm being around, you know, so many different, you know, nationalities, I wanted to replicate that experience, you know, in Chicago. Now we have an opportunity to get people to travel without uh, traveling, you know. Right,
1: right. Especially, I mean, in in situations like that, I mean, you know, back to the social enterprise thing and, and, you know, the nonprofit world, it was like, how do we get people to understand how serious this is? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, when it's like, you can only send so many emails. You can only send so many articles. You can only yeah. put together so many reports. You can only interview so many people. It was VR, right? It's, okay, well, now you yeah. have an opportunity to experience firsthand what these people went through, what these women went through, yeah, and then make a decision on how you feel about it, right? Because Abs- when you're absolutely. so far removed from mm-hmm. something, it's hard to have an opinion, and now yeah. suddenly it's you're able to really have... You know, yeah, I mean as
0: human beings we form a lot of our opinions based on lived experiences, right? You know, so yeah. put on those VR goggles, you know, get an opportunity to put yourself in somebody's shoes, right? So it's it's really incredible. And yeah. you know, for me, I recently had a meeting on the West Side on West Side Health Authority, uh, not for profit that I worked for when I first came to America and I was showing them, you know, all the work that I'm doing in tech and so on. I absolutely uh, loved it. And some of the things talked about is what have we created a VR, you know, experience, you know, for uh, people to reimagine a new West Side, you know, and also the community to see the West Side in a different light. And in that VR experience, we also have monuments and we you know celebrate all the people that have done you know uh great work and you know it's exciting for me because a non-for-profit um next year is opening up a new center um that's a 40 million dollar uh building and i get to go back there and do some really cool stuff with the kids and do some virtual reality you know stuff and so cool. Working with a company named Spatial. Uh, io as well. And, you know, those guys are those guys are great. And yeah. their, te- their technology is really, you know, advanced, you know, so um, I can really design those experiences, you know, and give that, you know, uh, cultural experience and also that, you know, diverse um, experience. And it's just a new way of telling stories right mm-hmm. you know as human beings you know we started the campfire mm-hmm. right telling stories you yeah. know so now yeah. we're just telling stories you know in a different medium and vr just gives us you know a new um Absolutely. opportunity to continue um on that uh journey but then yeah. also you know remote work right mm-hmm. you know so the future a future of work with uh the augmented reality i mean you and I are sitting here in a studio uh, right now, but technically, you you and I could be you know at home, and it would we can simulate a studio you know experience Absolutely, if we yeah. if we put our Oculus you know pros on and yeah. you know such a device you know so and to me that's that's really incredible because some of the things that you know. Can do is you can host a whiteboarding session but you don't have to be in the room with with uh, with every uh, with everybody and so and that's what the pandemic taught us right absolutely you got to be yeah. flexible
1: yeah you got to be flexible love that yeah flexible. that's definitely
0: going as a tag
1: yeah i honestly yes. i'm surprised you haven't it's going yet tag. it's gonna go
0: a tag it's all right i just <laughs> just so many you know what's interesting so many people have been using the word flex after the pandemic yes that i'm like i don't even have to do anything anymore yep. I'm, just, I'm i'm good with where i am Your
1: brands just working.
0: yeah it's working for me i mean even we work i mean and working hours. on a we work we work is like future is flex yeah. future is flex spaces
1: <laughs> and you're like not, are they talking about me
0: people are calling themselves flexperts.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness is that the new um is it's that the, the ver- new yeah oh it's that's the verb. so funny What's the flexpert. verb? That's
0: it, flexpert. Yeah,
1: I love that.
0: You know, so yeah, so like the reason I'm doing, you know, this podcast, you know, obviously I'm passionate about storytelling, mm-hmm. but what I also, you know, want to do is when I uh, build the edtech uh, platform, right, and I'm targeting, you know, kids from marginalized, you know, communities, right, you know, kids on the south side, the west side, and kids uh, that are, you know, refugees, for example. Um, I'd love for them, you know, to have mentors, you know, and also I'd love for them to hear, you know, stories, you know, stories such as, you know, yourself, you know, so they can see themselves in these spaces. Right. And in corporate America and representation is really, you know, important. Right. Oh, my
1: gosh. Critical.
0: So now going back, you know, to you, like, I mean, we're talking about women in sales and, you know, women in tech, you know, what what's the percentage of, you know,
1: Oh, I couldn't tell you the percentage, but it is low. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of two women on my team. um, And there are about 11 of us. Mm -hmm. So certainly the minority um, across, I mean, across all departments, I think, in tech. um, But but specifically in sales, I would say um, it's normal to be the minority there. But... um, yeah, I think mentorship is huge. I think it's mission critical. I think um, representation is is even bigger. I mean, being able to see, you know, as, as a woman, your career aspirations realized by somebody else um, is so big. I mean, I know it's kind of like a buzzword and everyone says representation matters. And I don't think until... You really see it. You really see somebody who looks like you, comes from a similar background, in a position that you inspire to be in. Um, you don't quite understand how important it is. And so, um, yeah, I would say mentorship is huge. I think for me specifically, it's always been you know, top of mind to find somebody that I can Learn from who I can look up to. I feel like I'm constantly. My eyes are peeled for like, mm-hmm. you know, the woman who's got it, who's got her career, who's got her family life, who's got a lot of the skills that I aspire to have, and and just learn from them, you know. And and that just and and, and I realize that that can be intimidating too. So mm-hmm. I do just want to say that as a woman, and um, you know, having mentored a couple amazing women, sure. Um, the ask is so, it is such an honor. Mm-hmm. It is like, I can't even explain how good it feels to be asked by somebody, hey, can we have like a regular scheduled lunch once a month, 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an honor. Most women are more than willing to step in and all it really takes is, is just building up the confidence to ask. And so um, I do it all the time. I've got a couple mentors that I, you know, lean from and, and lean on in, in tough times and times when I just need a little bit of guidance um, who have similar career paths. Some don't have similar career paths. Um, but I, I, th- I do think that that shaping is so important. Um, Absol- yeah.
0: Absolutely. You, is there something that needs to change at the top, you know, to encourage more women um, or young young women to join um, the technology, you know, sector, I mean, it's, let's call it what it is, you know, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. male, male, male domi- dominated, male dominated, right, sure. you know, so what do you, what do you, what do, you, yeah. what, do you, what do you, what do you do, right, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I would say um, more women in the C-suite, uh, that needs to change, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a lot of women having retired and stepped down. You know, from some Fortune 500 companies, um, was it Susan Wojcicki from YouTube mm-hmm. most recently? I might be pronouncing that wrong. It's all right. You know, Sheryl Sandberg, um, Meg Whitman. We had some really amazing women who were leading some of the top tech tech companies, um, and were you know replaced by men most recently, and so and that's okay, right? But I think that. Back to the representation thing, it's um, I wouldn't say it's like starting from square one, mm-hmm. but it would have been nice to see, you know, maybe a little bit of a replacement, or just seeing again more women in, in those positions of power.
0: Yeah. Um, what about Middle Eastern women?
1: Oh, uh, I don't. You know, that's a good question.
0: Yeah.
1: That's actually a really good question. I I wonder how many women are in, of Middle Eastern background are are in tech into but um yeah. uh yeah but there are so many amazing middle eastern women to mm-hmm. look up to that aren't just in the tech sector right right I, you know
0: abs- abs- absolutely and so what would be kind of like your uh guidance right what would be your advice you know to young women you know they're in college you know right now um, that maybe are undecided <laughs> you know are or even you know graduated you know yeah. with with another you know degree that have an interest in tech you know but they don't know um, anyone you know in the technology sector right you know so yeah. i mentor a lot of first gen you know kids at uh, at Loyola, right and they don't have an uncle or an aunt, right. you know, necessarily that you know work in corporate America. So um, when I'm so, able to talk to them about, you know, kind of like the opportunities, I can see, you know, their eyes, you know, light light <laughs> light up, and they're just yeah. little sponges, and you know, like yes, yes absorb it, <laughs> absorb. Sponge all is a good word, <laughs> yeah, yes, um, all, all of all 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 of it, you know. Absolutely. So, so what is your advice to them?
1: Um, you know, I'm going to piggyback off the sponge thing and say, um, well, one, find find a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, find someone who's done what you're trying to do and talk to them and ask them for advice, for help, for questions, or just kick it with them. You know, just being around that kind of energy for me is huge. You know, when I'm around a winner, I'm like shoulders wide, back straight. It just does something to me. Um, and I imagine it the same for most people, but, mm-hmm. um, find a winner to be around. Um, ask them, ask them, right. Talk to them, ask them for advice and then be that sponge, right. Be coachable. I think right. this is like a big one is, is just, um, asking for feedback Having thick skin, Mm. you know. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. So thick
0: thick skin, right? Thick skin
1: is huge.
0: Okay. I know. Because adversity is part of life, right?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And in corporate America, I mean, no feelings are spared. Mm -hmm. Um, They will tell you how they feel when they're feeling. It just, it doesn't. Your feelings don't matter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so yeah, I think the having thick skin is huge in the context of of that feedback. So yeah. you know, being able to to stay coachable, be that sponge, take it all in. You're in a in a learner seat um, forever. You're you're you know, we're students of life. Yeah. Uh, but especially in you know, as far as tech is concerned, and and you know, wanting to develop a career out of that, I think just being able to uh, you know, take in as much as you can, Um, not take things personally. I feel like I can speak to this because I didn't always have thick skin and I used to take things personally all the time. And I realized how hindering it was to my progress. And so um, there's nothing like dropping a bad habit when you realize, you know, how yucky it could be to your development. Um, For lack of a better term, I, you know, Yeah, but um, but yeah, I I do think having thick skin at work. I mean, in real life, look, somebody might cut you. Especially in sales, right? Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, how many no's do you get before you get a Before you get it, yes. And also, (laughs) sales. Did you ever take a course on sales in in school?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, sales is different in tech than it is in medical device Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you, you, the approach is different. Um, but the idea is the same, right? You want to make a deal with somebody Right. that takes negotiating. That takes, like you said, a lot of no's. Um, it was funny when you asked me how many no's did I get? And I was like today, you know, um, a lot, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails, a lot of grit, um, persistence. And eventually someone's like, all right, Talk to me. Mm-hmm. What is it? What do you got to say? And that's your opportunity. That's your window. And that is huge. There's
0: nothing wrong with persistence. Absolutely not. Polite persistence.
1: Polite persistence. Yeah. Look, I've got people who are like, hey, we're good. I've got people who are like, F off, you know? <laughs> and uh, I take them both the same. Sure. And I don't take it personally because I don't imagine that they. You know are coming for me you know mm-hmm. who i am as a person i think that they just see me as a sales rep and that's fine you know that i think makes it easier to take it less personally right so persistence is a must well like you said polite persistence
0: what about linkedin do you feel like Lin- linkedin helps
1: oh my gosh i can't live without linkedin i i feel like i'm on linkedin like every 10 minutes my social media platform of choice. Uh, Was it
0: always the social media of choice? No.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's gone gotten, it's
0: gotten cooler. Oh, it's gotten it, the, so cool. Yeah, yeah. You the, use it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I
1: live on Navigator. I'm okay. always on LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Yeah. Quick plug. Um, yes. I mean, I, you know, oh my God, it's critical to my job, it's critical to my role. Um, I'm really lucky to work for a company that has a an impressive tech stack. Um, You know, the resources to do your job are huge. And, you know, and that's another thing is like, you know, if you're looking to go into this, um, into tech as a career, you can be picky back, you know? And you get to decide who you want to work for and, you know, what you're okay with. And so...
0: There's so many companies, right?
1: So many companies.
0: People are usually just familiar with the Facebooks or the Amazons and so on, right? And But if you're using linkedin and you you know build a network are you navigating it the right way you're going to discover so many more opportunities right
1: absolutely absolutely if i mean and you know back to uh you know the being adaptable point you said i mean it helped bring a face to the sales calls Mm -hmm. i'm not just a person behind the computer screen i'm actually a person and if you take a look at my linkedin page you would know that i not only You know, I'm a tech saleswoman. I also have a lot of nonprofit work, um, you know, in my background. I speak a bunch of languages and I have all these cool interests. And I've had, like you said, a very um, unorthodox journey. (laughs) That is cool, right? And so, and I think that that is something that's been um, helpful for me as a seller is I have the opportunity to do the same to other people. So if I'm prospecting into an account, um, Mm -hmm. I get to know a little bit about this person, you know, they were in the Marines. That's awesome. That takes a different kind of grit that I don't know, but it's cool to know that. Now I've got a little bit more context to go off of. And so LinkedIn is is yes, absolutely a very powerful tool and I'm I'm so grateful for it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier tech tech yeah. What do you mean by that for somebody that's listening and they don't understand what a tech stack means?
1: Yep, so the tech stack um, refers to the tech resources your company mm-hmm. um, uses, utilizes um, for, their, um, for their employees. So uh, at, at Qualtrics, you know, we use a specific CRM, you know, we use Slack, like we mentioned earlier, um, you know different different tech resources that sure. make it easier to do my job sales linkedin sales navigator um you know w- whatever it is and and those have been thoughtfully chosen out um based on you know research based on feedback i mean you know we we're, yeah. we're an experience management company so feedback is huge but you know it, it's not a coincidence that we're using some of the best products We've got people who have requested these things. We have people who have used these products, these platforms, and um, want them. And so, having a company that listens to their employees is also really big, right? Because now, um, it's it's um, we're able to sort of, you know, communicate upwards, and and they're listening. Yeah. So, abs-
0: absolutely, and you know, so all those our um, products, right, or Correct. tech tech products. Tech, yep. So. Did you get trained on them then right away when you asked, uh, when you started?
1: Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Absolutely, it's so necessary. You need somebody who mm. is like a gr- and there's always one person who's really good at each one, right? You've got your outreach guy, <laughs> the you've black got your, the
0: black belt of yes, slack.
1: Oh, uh, you got right. How do you? Here's how to you know um, best utilize this and here's how to, you know, and so you need those people and those people aren't always your managers. Let's just, you know, say that too, because I, um, you know, I've, I've run, I've had run-ins where, um, you know, I've got a laundry list of like questions related to the tech stack, how to, you know, best utilize these resources. And, um, you know, I get sort of, um, rerouted if you will, (laughs) to sometimes somebody, um, you know, in a completely different department, in a completely mm-hmm. different role, and so yeah, uh, you do get trained, um, but a lot of it is, you know, learning on your own. I've watched, uh, god, hours of YouTube on just how to <laughs> use YouTube University. Products. Oh my gosh, shout out YouTube! Like, really, <laughs> where would we be without YouTube?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I probably watched a few hours of. Uh, YouTube on you know new technologies so you know and we're in a creator you know economy right so yeah yeah. I guess
1: we should say shout out to those who record you know do the screen recordings and upload them for no reason I mean I mean obviously for a reason but I Just think to help they're people. getting paid. <laughs> well, <I don't
0: laughs> no, they're passionate, you know. Movies, I mean, if you if you weren't if if you weren't passionate about what you're doing, right, you know, right. you wouldn't you wouldn't, you know, do it, Absolutely, you know. Yeah. But if we live in that world, right? Yeah. You know, that if you can marry, you know, uh passion, you know, and skills and yeah. add in uh, technology and magic, you know, can happen, right? Yeah. But it's a matter of um, also, it might not happen, you know, um, right away, right? So patience, yeah. you know, is key. I came up with the idea for Tech in the Hood, you know, the timing was just not right. I was still at Mala, you know, yeah. but now when I started FlexTech, like, well, how can I educate people and how can I introduce, you know, Tech, you know, to the community? And I'm like, obviously, through Tech in the Hood yeah. and having these Type of conversations, you know, that are very, you know, rich and, you know, hopefully, you know, the audience, you know, leave comments, you know, engage and, you know, we learn, we learn from them, you know, as well. And so for me, you know, I learned so much by interviewing, you know, folks and but I have one last question, you know, for you. What are your, you know, future goals? your
1: goals um well the first one the most immediate one is um to really just develop as a saleswoman Mm -hmm. um kind of moving up market has been huge for my development but i you know sharpening those skills um just becoming a better listener yeah um and being able to just understand people you know and i think that that just comes with time comes with experience so Becoming a better saleswoman would be the first one. Um, becoming a stronger advocate for my community, you know, is always is always at the top of the list for me in terms of what I want to improve at. You know, I think every community needs a voice, um, and so you know, we've kind of become that de facto voice, um, and and you know, we're really proud of that. But um, absolutely, I think uh, I think yeah, those two would those two would do it for me. How about you? What are your goals?
0: Oh, my goals. uh, Next month? (laughs) Same time next week? Sure. You know, I'm I'm always creating. I'm a creative uh, uh, person. And, you know, my goal is to build a company, right? It's a new uh, startup with FlexDeck um, AI and also really get exi- uh, get people excited about, you know, the jobs of the future and also yeah. show folks that, hey, you know, you too can be in that uh, seat. And that's what really um, excites mm-hmm. me, you know, so yeah. even though I'm in the for-profit, you know, world, I'm more, operating you know as a B corp I'm not certified as a B corp but I do hope to get a B corp you know certification and I just want you know to have that impact in the in the in the community right you yeah. know so um, arts and culture and the work that we're doing is really you know important as well you know we're supporting artists as well through the technologies that we're doing, you know, so some of the virtual reality work that we're doing as we're building, you know, galleries, you know, in the meta, in the metaverse. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all, it's all exciting, you know, stuff. And it's really, you know, living the dream. And also, I've had an opportunity recently to go back home and go back to, you know, Africa, Somaliland for the first time. So, that was really, you know, cool for me and just seeing the opportunities yeah. over over there and, you know, the knowledge that I've attained, you know, here, the network that I've built here, you know, I can deploy it anywhere, right? Yeah. And now with where technology is, you know, you can build very, very, you know, uh, uh, quickly, right? You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah, I guess future goal is open up uh, Office cis in Africa you know in Europe and Abu Dhabi you know for mm-hmm. sure because that's um, you know home, home as well you know yeah. but also you know on the west side of you know Chicago because that's where my journey um, yeah, that's in, home tech, in yeah. tech started. So that's yeah. that's home too. And I would love to, you know, take you there so you can meet, Let's you know, it. the community, Westside Health Authority. I'd love to have the kids, you know, hear your story. You know, I'd love, you know, for you to kind of like see that uh, part of my, you know, journey because it's nearer and dearer to me.
1: Yeah, I'd love that. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, it's... it's been an incredible Always a pleasure. Um, interview and having you here and thank you for making the time. I know you're very busy. <laughs> you got you got sales and you know, you got money to make, you know. So, but I do appreciate you uh, coming down uh, coming down here and yeah, I'm looking forward to you know, continuing obviously our friendship, but also working together on really cool stuff that impact the community.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited too.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tech in the Hood. It's an honor to have you along for this journey. I hope you tune in next week. Tech in the Hood is recorded in Ravenswood at the Chicago Podcast Studio. If you want to hear more, you can help by leaving an honest review of Tech in the Hood wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Tech in the Hood.